0: to the Baking with House of Bread podcast, and I'm your host, Sheila McCann. So today, we're going to talk about cinnamon rolls, which happen to be the number one selling pastry at House of Bread. And we go to great lengths to create different, unique, and delicious pastries, but there's been no other creation all 24 years that has outsold the plain cinnamon rolls that are frosted. And I also learned how people go full circle. And they say that you know, you're know you once a child, twice as an adult. And I understand that um, watching people's choices in the bakery. So, for example, young kids come in, they want the plain cinnamon rolls frosted, or maybe a blueberry muffin. Uh, that would be my second guess. Um, and the same with the elderly. I mean, they want the plain white cinnamon rolls frosted. They don't want nuts. They don't want raisins and they don't want to try anything unique like an apple blossom or like a chocolate croissant. Nope. They want to keep it simple. And I'm going to cover today making our traditional white cinnamon rolls, but the process is actually the same if you w- wish to use like the honey whole wheat dough or the challah dough. The challah is a more of a buttery kind of egg bread and so it's a little more richer. They don't get as fluffy as the white or the wheat, but it's also very tasty. And we sell 20 to one, the white cinnamon rolls over the whole wheat rolls. And, but the whole wheat cinnamon rolls are my personal favorites. Our cinnamon rolls start with either grandma's white dough or honey oil wheat dough, which are both of them happen to be non-fat, non-dairy. They're basically they just contain flour, water, honey yeast, and salt. Then of course we add the good stuff, you know, the butter, the brown sugar and the cinnamon. And most people prefer them frosted too. But I don't. And I've come to realize what I like happens to be different than what sells in the bakery business. And really it's more about giving the customers what they want rather than what you think they should want. So I uh still make my whole wheat cinnamon rolls, but we make as little as 3 a day to 6 a day. Um, and we make at least, on a slow day, we'll make at least 18 white cinnamon rolls. And on some of the busier days, we make over 40. And so my choices are the whole wheat cinnamon roll that's unfrosted. Um, but I've always been a cinnamon roll lover, even before opening the bakery. And I used to treat myself to the Cinnabon cinnamon rolls when I was flying. If you ever go through the airports and you start smelling that cinnamon roll smell, that's, that's the concept that's there. Well, I'm actually still uncomfortable about flying, and there's something that was settling, I guess, about that—you know—that gooey, delicious cinnamon roll, sort of reduced the stress of being, you know, whatever, however high you are, thousands of feet in the air. And cinnamon rolls didn't necessarily make flying fun, but it made it more tolerable, especially if you're flying on those early morning flights, and you certainly weren't going to have a beer or something before then. Although I. If you ever notice at airports, there's no such thing as a happy hour. I mean, all the bars seem to be full all day long. So I guess I'm not the only one who's scared of flying. Okay, so I used to eat that entire roll that Cinnabon on the plane. And then later, I felt like I had this, like, big, huge, heavy rock in my stomach. And then you'd, I'd start feeling, like, this lethargy kind of set in. And really, it's a similar feeling, like, when you overeat on Thanksgiving. Although you're supposed to do that, right? So every Thanksgiving, most people overeat, and then, you know, you're sitting on a couch trying to, trying to uh, make it through the rest of the day. But anyway, that feeling did stop me from buying Cinnabons and Rolls. And then I found out that the one cinnamon rolls over a 1,000 calories. And so I'm not really a big person, and that's pretty close to my entire day's calorie count. Um, so... As a point of reference, our cinnamon rolls at Houser Bread are bad roughly around 300 calories. I mean, if you add frosting and nuts, you can definitely get it to 400 calories. To be completely honest, our whole wheat cinnamon rolls, my favorite, or even the white ones, they may not taste as sinfully delicious as the Cinnabon gooey rolls. But I will tell you that I feel great afterwards. I don't feel that like that massive gut bomb going on or any fatigue associated when I have them. In fact, I eat, I'll eat like a half a whole wheat cinnamon roll before I go on a run. And I do that because it really helps me get more sustained energy. Okay, so for the base of our traditional rolls, we use the grandma's white dough. And I covered that recipe already in five, episode five. And if you want to do whole wheat version, go to six. Um, but today in this podcast, since I'm assuming most people want more of the traditional rolls, um, we're going to give you the grandma's white recipe and then I'll also include it in the show notes. And it's going to make nine, or nine cinnamon rolls, uh, pretty large ones. It's about three pounds of dough. And so if you want to make smaller ones, you can definitely get 12 cinnamon rolls out of it. Um, to give you an idea of the bakery, we do three cinnamon rolls per pound. So it would be like five and a third ounce per cinnamon roll. And so I'm going to give you the recipe real quick. And then I'm going to spend a little more time talking about the process of rolling it out and cutting it up and some tips that I've learned through the years. And I also um, filmed a YouTube video that might help kind of bring that home. Sometimes it's easier to learn, not just from listening, but by seeing. Okay, so the grandma's white bread is a straight dough. So that means you put everything in all at once. And it's one and a half cups of warm water, two packages, or one and three fourths tablespoon of active dry yeast, and four cups of unbleached red flour. So the recipe calls for bread flour because they're assuming that you're going to make a loaf of bread out of it. But to be honest with you, with cinnamon rolls, you're not asking for the dough to, you know, grow in height and then have structure. So it's really not as important. So just uh, any old white flour is going to use. I mean, you can use all-purpose or cake flour or pastry flour. Okay, and then a quarter cup of honey, one tablespoon of salt. And so you want to make sure you knead the dough as long as if you were going to make a loaf of bread. So you got to knead it for at least five to eight minutes by hand or with a mixer if you, if you wish to. And then basically just let the dough sit out, cover it if you will, um, put it in a warm spot if you can. And it'll proof for about an hour to two hours. And that varying temperature in your homes is why the time varies. So if you're kind of in a colder house, it's going to take longer. So maybe two hours. And then if you live in a real hot, humid area, an hour is all it's going to take. And so try to look at the dough. It should double in size, and then it should loosen up, right? So it's kind of like more pliable. And really, that's going to allow you to shape your cinnamon rolls so much easier. We use a rolling pin in the bakery, and that's what I would recommend. They're just easier to do so. But trust me, I've been on vacation, and I'm making sim um, rolls, or sometimes I'll make pizza doughs for people, and I just use a bottle of wine. Okay, that'll work. Just as well. And so you want to roll out your dough shape. If you're using all the dough, think of like 16 by 21 inch uh, rectangle. And if you're doing less rolls and doing something else with the rest of the bread, dough, um, the important thing is remember to make the roll out higher than wider. And so what I mean by that is the dough has to be rolled out long enough so that when you roll it up, you will get enough rings in your center roll. So in the bakery, we have a rule. It's a three ring rule at House of Bread. People really buy cinnamon rolls. They don't want to taste, you know, taste like bread, right? They want to taste that butter and the brown sugar. So if you only have a ring or two, there's too much bread. um, And that really is the cinnamon roll is too thick. So basically the more rings in your cinnamon roll means the customers are going to taste more butter, brown sugar, and cinnamon, which they're mostly interested in. And the dough is there or the bread like you know, texture, but it's kind of in the background. And you also want to make sure that your dough spread is even as far as height. In other words, it's all about the same thickness. And the dough should be rolled out to less than an inch thick and consistent in height. And that way, the ending cinnamon will be more consistent. And the reason that's important, it's not just about taste, it's also about baking them properly. So if they're all the same size going into the oven and spaced out relatively evenly on the sheet pan, then they're all gonna finish baking at the same time. Okay, so you take your rolled out dough and you spread about a third a cup of melted butter, getting all the way to the ends. For whatever reason, sometimes people stop like an inch before the end of the rolled out dough. Now, you wanna go all the way to the end. And you can use a pastry brush if you'd like, but uh, I prefer to use my hands. I mean, it's quicker, it's easier, less cleanup, and it's just faster. So what we do at House Spread, we pour the butter in, spread it around with our hands, and then we have a big, huge container full of brown sugar and cinnamon that we usually make beforehand. And we scoop that out and put that on on the butter, and we spread it out. And you want to be pretty generous here. Okay, so spread it out really liberally. And then what you can do is you can kind of scoop it back in your hands. Any of the cinnamon roll mixture, the, the brown sugar and cinnamon that didn't soak up in the butter, you kind of just scrape that up with your hand and put it back in the container. Portions are is sixteen to one. It's there's sixteen tablespoons in a cup. So you let's say you use one cup of brown sugar, then you want to use one tablespoon of cinnamon. That's our proportions that we use at the bakery. But I will tell you that if you like a little more cinnamon flavor in your cinnamon rolls, then go ahead. You know, go up to. But I wouldn't go more than two tablespoons because I actually really like cinnamon. But I've made the mistake of creating recipes where I put too much cinnamon in it, and it and it like overpowers everything, and then you can't really taste like the brown sugar or the butter or even or anything else. And so you got to be careful because cin- cinnamon is one of those um, spices that really knock out everything else. Okay, so the key is to use enough brown sugar and cinnamon to make it tasty, but you don't want to use too much because then it gets dry. And that's why we recommend kind of scooping up the excess that didn't soak in with the butter and putting it back. Okay, so now is the stage after you've got your butter down, you put your brown sugar and cinnamon mixture, now is when you can add in your nuts or raisins if you choose so. You can also add chocolate chips, right? These are yours to create how you will. So I'll give you the recipe, we do it. But like I said, if you wanna add a little more cinnamon or if you wanna add, you know, craisins or or whatever. And I've also seen people in baking classes, they like to add like dried apricots, dried apples. And so it's kind of fun in our classes because I just kind of pull out all the ingredients and tell them, okay, here's your options. And then we've actually gotten some ideas (laughs) From some of these uh, classes, like one of them was, um, well, I'm going to talk about caramel rolls later, but we did a caramel apple roll from um, one of my students. Okay, so the rule on your add-ins, your nuts and raisins or whatnot, is that you don't want to double up on them. What I mean by that is, like, put one layer down, but you don't want to put another layer on top of that because it's too much add-ins for that dough to handle. And basically, the cinnamon rolls are going to fall apart on you. Okay, now you're ready to roll up. And so what I recommend is you start from the end. So grab the dough at the ends on the bottom and roll from there. People want to roll in the middle. Well, what happens if you start from rolling in the middle, you're going to taper off at the ends, and then you're going to have, like, some funky rolls at the end or wasted dough. And so we don't do that at House of Bread. So start. So don't start at the middle. Start at the ends. And then you kind of lift and roll, so you make sure you capture all that brown sugar and cinnamon or the nuts and raisins or whatever. And then you roll up, okay, and then you seal it and seal it with the palm of your hands. And the reason why I want you to seal it with the palm of your hands rather than your fingertips, everyone wants to use their fingertips at first, but your fingertips don't have much moisture or strength. So just grab it with your palms. And so you're sealing up it and then put seam side down And now you have, we call it the cinnamon roll log, right? This is the log before you cut it. And once again, grab it with your hands and make sure it's consistent. Like if it's too thin in one part, then start pushing your hands along it, and you can actually kind of even it out. If it's too thick, then you squeeze. So you squeeze the thick area and then kind of push it out. And so now you've got a nice, even log. Okay, and so here, now you want to think about this. Okay, so before you start cutting up your log, you want to think about how thick you want your cinnamon rolls. Um, And like I said, at House of Bread, it's a little bit easier because we weigh out the dough. So, you know, we'll give the baker six pounds of dough. Okay, that's pretty easy because we know it's times three. So they're going to have to get 18 cinnamon rolls out of it. So what I tell them to do is to cut the dough, cut your roll in half, and then put it next to the other roll so you can size them up pretty consistently. And then they know that they need to get nine in each one. Okay, so at home it doesn't really matter, but just think about it. So, and another tip I used for my bakers to show them, it's like the middle of knuckle of my thumb to the end of my thumb. And it's roughly about a little less than an inch. And that's about how thick I want our cinnamon rolls. And the reason that you want to think about before you start cutting, because you just have to be consistent. So whatever measurement you want to use, just kind of keep that in mind. The reason that you want to have it consistent is because, once again, it's just going to bake at the same time. So, yeah, so think about it before you start chopping away on on your log. We did try to make the cinnamon roll log and then cut up the cinnamon rolls, put them on a sheet pan, and then we put in our refrigerator. And the next morning, we took it out, let it get pretty close to room temperature, and then we baked it off. Unfortunately, I was kind of hoping it was going to taste just as good, but it, it didn't. Because we're trying to save time, because the the key thing is is that we've got to have our cinnamon rolls out in the display case by the time we're open, which is seven a.m. It was sort of a shortcut, you know, to loosen that uh, time restriction or the pressure to get them all out of the oven, but it just didn't work. And we also tried like freezing the dough in the log shape and then thawing out, and that didn't work either. So for your holiday breakfast morning or whatever day you want to treat your family. Unfortunately, it's really going to require you. So if you want to sim rolls out of the oven by, let's say, 9 o'clock for your family, I hate to tell you, but you're going to have to wake up more, about like 6.30. Because you got to mix the dough, knead it, and then you got to let it rise for an hour, an hour and a half. And then you got to shape your rolls, and then they got to bake. At the bakery, we bake them for about 25 minutes, um, and that's at a 350 degree oven. But I don't know your oven very well at home, so you might want to have to set it less. But anyway, so the point is, is that they're best if they're made that morning. But I will tell you, though, is that people like cinnamon rolls all day long. So I'm sure your family would be fine if you pop out cinnamon rolls out of the oven at noon. Okay, so you check for doneness of a cinnamon roll. You really want to look at the middle of the cinnamon roll. And also you want to pick out the cinnamon rolls that are on the middle of your sheet pan. Because that's where it's going to be underbaked. And so what I do is I just grab my hand, my fingers, and I pull up the middle of the, of the um, cinnamon roll, the inner of it. And if it pulls up and it's doughy, then it needs to be baked more. If it pulls up and if you can break it and it's, it looks like bread in there, well, then it's done. One thing, if you're using the grandma's white base, these cinnamon rolls shouldn't be brown. If they're brown, they're overbaked. The bottom of them can be a little bit tan, but that's about it. I mean, it's 100% white flour in those cinnamon rolls because sometimes new bakers mistake they think that the cinnamon roll should be brown. No, it doesn't work that way. What happens if you overbake your cinnamon rolls is that they taste good when they're hot out of the oven, and then they get hard really quickly. So we're talking like within the hour. As soon as they, cal- they get colder, they harden up. So for cover rolls, we make them just like cinnamon rolls. Okay, so you roll them out, put your butter, your brown sugar, and cinnamon, and if you want to add nuts, you can add nuts, roll it up. Okay, now here comes the difference. So you make a caramel mixture, and you basically put it on the bottom of the pan. So you put it on your sheet pans, and then we'll specifically add like walnuts be- below where we're going to place that cinnamon roll. And then it's after baking is, is we, take the, uh, we take basically a spatula, and we flip over the caramel roll and then we put it in a display case. So what you, you'll see is you, you see a bunch of nuts and a caramel mixture on top of a cinnamon roll. So the caramel recipe for nine caramel rolls is brown sugar, about a half a cup, and then a half a tablespoon of the same cinnamon mixture, quarter cup of melted butter, and an eighth a cup or two tablespoons of corn syrup. So let me repeat that. So it's half a cup of brown sugar, half a tablespoon of cinnamon, quarter cup of melted butter and an eighth a cup or two tablespoons of corn syrup and I prefer you use dark but it doesn't matter that much if you want to use light corn syrup you can and then a half a cup of walnuts if you'd like. We also do raspberry pinwheels. We do raspberry pinwheels out of the same dough. They're basically made with raspberries and white sugar. There's we don't add any butter to our raspberry pinwheels. And we did I mean I like butter. And I tried but here's the problem is that we're too wet. And then it, it affected the baking. We had to over them to get them to be um, baked in the middle. And then um, second of all, they were just kind of slimy, and they sort of lose, lost their shape really easily. Okay, so what we do now is let's say you roll out your dough, just like you would cinnamon rolls. Forget the butter. Just take and put your raspberries and your white sugar mixture down. And it's a thin layer. You want to make sure you get some all over, but you don't want it too thick. What we do, it's it's basically two to one. And what I mean by that is two part raspberries to one part sugar. So if you're gonna make the mixture on the side, you put like, for example, one cup of raspberries and half a cup of sugar. Let's say you've got a sweet tooth and you wanna add a little more sugar, then I mean, that's all that's all fine and well. You feel free to do that. I mean, that's the advantage of home baking. You make to your taste. We had we tried to do it without sugar in the beginning because ironically enough, I don't really like sugar that things to taste that sugary. <laughs> and I own a bakery. I know that sounds funny, but so I tried no sh- no sugar in with the raspberries, it didn't taste as good. So I I did add some white sugar. So if you're going to use frozen raspberries, here's the key thing here. They have to be thawed and be put at room temperature and they want you to drain them too, so to drain out that excess moisture. And you certainly can use fresh raspberries. Um, and then you don't actually have to worry about the excess moisture or the adverse consequence of using cold items. Okay, so here's what happens at house bread. And this is a very common mistake that's happened, um, and then I'll get a bad Yelp you because of it. But anyway, so the bakers, when they first get into the bakery, they're supposed to take out, like, the raspberry mixture. Because we use, actually, frozen raspberries. We get whole – they're called IQF, individually, individually quick-frozen raspberries. And then we thaw them out we drain them and then we add sugar to them and but then if we don't use all that that day we put it in the refrigerator right so the next morning they pull it out and we also make raspberry swirl bread out of this same raspberry mixture so here it's cold if they don't get it to room temperature here's what happens they put that cold mixture on top of the dough cold does not ferment well with dough okay so it, it compromises the proofing and development of the dough. And also, it retards the baking of it. You end up having the raspberry pinwheels comes out, and it might be, you know, nice color on the outside, like it's done being baked. And in the middle, it's all doughy, or where the raspberries were, it's all doughy. And so we actually end up baking our raspberry pinwheels about five minutes longer than the normal cinnamon rolls. And so you just want to be careful that whatever you add into a yeasted product it should be pretty close to room temperature. Now let's say you wanted to substitute blueberries or strawberries, that's all fine and well, or you can do a mixed berry roll, you know, whatever whatever you care for. So if you're gonna use this whole batch of grandma's white dough that I talked about earlier, then you're gonna need approximately half a cup of frozen thawed, drained berries, to, or, uh, or a little bit more. So your fresh raspberries, it's gonna be more like a two thirds of a cup, and then a quarter cup of white sugar. And basically, you just mash up the raspberries with white sugar before spreading it. With the pinwheels, that's even a little bit more important. You kind of have to lift and roll up and make sure. Because really what that's going to do, it's going to avoid pushing all the raspberries out of the roll. So just think lift and roll. And same concept, pull at the ends. And then do a nice tight seal, put seam side down, and then go ahead and cut. So we use sheet liners in the bakery. We don't spray them or put any type of greasy this on there to avoid the cinnamols from sticking to the parchment paper. But we do find with raspberry pinwheels they're they're just they're just sticky. They're stickier more. So either if you're using parchment paper, you should spray it with a nonstick spray before you put your raspberry pinwheels down there. Or what you can do is just use a lot more of a degreaser, whatever you want to use. I mean you, some people use butter, some people use olive oil. I mean it really is up to you how you how you want to prevent your items from sticking to your pan. Okay, I appreciate everybody listening today. As always, I welcome any and all feedback. And if you'd like to connect further with me, there are links in the show notes or if you want to learn more about House of Bread. Okay, happy baking, everybody.